morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome in. Happy Friday, everybody. We made it. We made it. They said we couldn't do it this week. Against all odds with uh, a start to the week that was, how do you say, dramatic. With one Jordy Ball, Derek LeBlanc, Sophia Nugent. Then that excitement, that SEC excitement to reel us all back in, and here we are. Happy Friday, everyone. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Hope uh, everybody stayed safe last night. What is your what is your storm plan? When uh, storms are rolling in, how do you approach it? So you just got the new place, yes. right? Your uh, fiance, does she get... Does she get uh, nervous when storms are coming in? A little bit, because she's really not used to it for being. So where is she from originally? Artesia, New Mexico. Okay, so yeah, this is new. This, yeah, (laughs) this is. They don't uh, don't get that down there. So uh, take me through. What what is the defense plan for one Connor Pasby? Oh man, I Josh, I really don't do much. I sit back and I watch the news and I listen to what David Payne has to tell me. As uh, a true. Uh, red-blooded Oklahoman Wood. Yes. Flip on David Payne and uh, let just, him. Just waiting to just waiting to see if we got DVD size hail. So, basically, are you just like, well, if the DVD size hail comes down, so be it. But, but yeah, who cares really? I go into scramble mode. I'm like, where's the nearest garage? And... Oh wow, really? Oh yeah, no, it's you know, my my, my car is just out there in the parking lot by my apartment. I really. I really don't care. <laughs> Used vehicle? Yes, it yes. Yes, it is. How long have you had it? Oh man. Uh it it's probably been it's probably been ten years, ten plus years. See, so there you go. And <laughs> when when something's in year one or year two Then you start worrying. Oh about yeah, it. you're like fight or flight. How can I get this thing <laughs> under a garage? So that was uh that was last night for me. But you had a good night? It was, yeah, it was good. Um is that the first time you ever seen DVD size pop up on <laughs> yeah, the news? I, what what was uh what's up with that? What prompted that? I don't know. I was looking at that and I'm like, this is the first time I'm seeing this. Is this for anyone else? There needs to be there has to be a better metric than because <laughs> that's DVD so- size that's, hail that's now, soft- right? I mean, you'd probably softball size, right? It's pretty close. Uh, I mean, I, 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 DVD I think is larger <laughs> than softball maybe, size. Yeah. Softball size is. Uh, See, that's the thing, though, is uh, DVD size is like, what type of shape is this hail falling from the sky? Is it very flat? or It's flat. Yeah, DVD flat. <laughs> is it uh, just the width of the DVD? I-, I need a description on what they mean by DVD does some, yeah, size does, hail. Does some music come with it, or what are we doing here? Well, at any rate, uh, I mean, obviously we, we did get some storms, but uh, where, uh, where I'm situated – would say we kind of came away. I don't want to say totally unscathed, but uh, we were we were fortunate where we were at. So, hope everybody uh, made it out okay last night. I know the uh, the weather can always get uh, a little crazy. A couple more weeks, and maybe we'll be into just the uh, the tea storm season and less of the hey, is this going to turn into tornadic activity? I saw something this morning that was kind of interesting, and as we shift the conversation into Oklahoma football. Just one quick non-OU football note. The Dan Patrick Show tossed a, a poll out this morning. The, you know, we've got a couple of 
championship celebrations. The Kansas City Chiefs were getting their uh, private Super Bowl rings last night, but the Nuggets just crowned as NBA Finals champs. The uh, Vegas Golden Knight, Vegas Golden Knights crowned as Stanley Cup Final champions. What prompted the Dan Patrick Show to toss out the tweet? <laughs> Are we over championship parades? I, I'm just seeing this now. You put it, yeah, you put it out this morning. Yeah. Are we? May, may, you could be butthurt that because that's not one of your teams winning. Well, I think they're. I think what they're asking is, are they overdone? Are championship parades still fun, basically, or is it time to retire the idea of having a championship parade? And to that, I say, your team must not have won yeah. uh, a championship very recently because the championship parade is still. Awesome. That's a weird time to put that out, too, because the Denver Nuggets, that was their first ever championship. Did people just get the uh, photos of the parade itself very, very early? Because, you know, the, the one picture that... Uh, These are fake. They're they're from somewhere, yeah. The, the one picture they tweeted out was like, there was nobody on the street. And then when they got to... Uh, to where they were celebrating the championship, I mean, it was jam-packed. There were millions of people there in Denver. So I say yes on the championship parade, and I'm hoping that before too long we are uh, having an Oklahoma football parade uh, in Norman. Down down Lindsay Street, right? Past the stadium is where it would go? That would go. be nice, yes. I think we're ready for that. Pass li- down Lindsay or down Jenkins, I guess? What would be the championship I'd parade? I'd probably say uh, Lindsay. What would be the uh, direction it would go? You say down Lindsay. It's got to go. It's got to go across Jenkins, right? Okay, yeah, across Jenkins, and then you know by the stadium, so on, so forth to Campus Corner, and then we all convene. Yeah, over Campus there. Corner better be just loaded. <laughs> well, we can uh, we can find out here in a couple of months when Oklahoma, at long last, captures number eight. So, continuing to respond and react to the SEC schedule unveil that was, and I thought. First of all, nice, uh, nicely done by Travis Davidson and one Pierce Leffelholtz yesterday afternoon. I was, well, I was frantically moving the car uh, yesterday afternoon and had those uh, two on. And they, they brought up something that I thought was an interesting angle to all of this for Oklahoma. The uh, comment that Brent Venables made about, hey, if this or that happens, and if this or that was defense, if defense improves – this can be a 10-win football team. They took uh, the whole conversation, not even necessarily from from that remark from Brent Venables, but just the unveiling of the SEC schedule and everything that is for Oklahoma building for the future. They uh, they asked the question, how important is this uh, for 2024? And somebody had somebody had texted in or made the point. Don't get so caught up in 2024 that you lose sight of, well, the here and now yeah. in 2023. So where do you fall on where do you fall on that spectrum on that scale of 2023 is all about 2024 and getting ready for the SEC? Is that dangerous for Oklahoma? Is that a trap season, so to speak? Trap we hear trap weeks. If you start talking about thinking about SEC, 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 we gotta get gotta get ready for the SEC. Is it a positive for Oklahoma or 
can that be problematic if OU's too focused on what is down the road in this SEC schedule that we're talking so much about? Yeah, you, you still got to focus on 2023. You don't want to look past that, and you got some new new teams coming in for the Big 12th, and you got time to take care of business. So that's the first thing you do, take care of business in your last season of the Big 12th play, and then you can start looking ahead of time for the SEC. I don't, yeah. I don't like looking past when you still got a season right in front of you. Well, and Oklahoma fans won't like OU football looking past the 2023 season when they've got that right in front of them. Ultimately, if you could sign up for step into the SEC and another great signing class here, though that probably has to work in conjunction to some degree with 2023 being a successful season for Oklahoma, for OU to go do what it did in this last signing class, which is 24-7 sports, number six class, number four, 24-7 sports composite class. So let's just go with number four, right? Let's yes, just go that. bump it up a couple of slots. But for OU to double down and get another signing class like that, probably that works, again, in conjunction with Oklahoma not being six and seven this coming season. So it's it sort of all works together, but if you were to – sign up for right now defense showing clear signs of improvement another incredible signing class that includes a david stone a nigel smith a williams winery so on and so forth on down the line of this class probably folks are going to be feeling okay Uh going into the sec if regardless regardless of the record to some extent if it's if it's combined with Again, another very, very good signing class and clear signs of defensive improvement. You could accept, I don't want to say very happily, but you could stomach a little bit better, maybe a three-loss type season right. if you've improved defensively. And yet, this this season's massive for Oklahoma. As we build everything toward 2024, you don't want to fall into that trap of, okay, well, everything's about 2024 and – the SEC. I mean, there does need to be a focus on the here and the now for Oklahoma. So I thought that was interesting that Travis and Pierce got into that and somebody texted in about it because, yeah, you know, this week it's easy to get caught up in the excitement of what the the future holds with the SEC, and yet this is an Oklahoma team, and, and Brent Venables and this coaching staff and these players, I think, they understand the assignment they get yeah it was six and seven a season ago and it's a standalone disappointing season and we need to be better now in order for the sec uh, for our future there to be uh, a prosperous one need to show signs of improvement right here and right now but as fans the excitement are are we so caught up in that that we lose sight of the importance of this season i I think nine plus wins they combine that with another top 10 recruiting class and hey okay we're going we're heading the right direction now. Tyler uh, Shuck, by the way, was uh, recently announced. That, what, what is with these Big 12 teams announcing quarterbacks, Baylor and Texas Tech? It's like spring ball's been over, and they've had all this time to announce these guys as starting quarterbacks, and yet you get a little bit removed from spring football in, in both programs. Is it just a Baylor and Texas Tech want to be in the news? I, I, I guess. It, it's, it's, it's really way too early for that. And for Baylor, man, for, to name Shapin, the starting quarterback, I mean, 
there's been some quarterback controversy there at Baylor. Shapin wasn't that great last year, so I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah. Maybe they do want to be in the news. Well, at any rate, Dylan Gabriel, we know, is the starting quarterback for Oklahoma. And with Shuck at Texas Tech and Ewers at Texas and what you look at the rest of the landscape in the Big 12, Howard at Kansas State, you have to say that Dylan Gabriel's in the mix as the, the best quarterback in this conference or one of the best in this conference. So where does, uh, where does, he, where does he fall in that equation for us as, again, we'll talk plenty of SEC schedule again today because, hey, it's the newsy note from this week, and it's the bright and shiny object, and it's exciting. There, there's no doubt that it's exciting. I've got uh, CBS Sports publicized, uh, publicized, published their list of the most difficult schedules from the SEC uh, 2024 unveil. No surprise, Oklahoma toward the top of that list, but Let's let's recenter for just a little bit in this opening hour on 2023 for Oklahoma. Who is Oklahoma? The quarterback, Dylan Gabriel. Where does he fit into the Big 12 quarterbacking equation? And how important is this season for OU? Because, again, everything's tilting toward 2024 and the SEC, and yet the here and now – we know Oklahoma needs to be improved. Just underway. It's a Friday, baby. We uh, we haven't mentioned this. U.S. Open underway from Los Angeles Country Club. It was birdies, birdies, birdies Ricky. yesterday. Ricky Fowler. Man, 62. Back from the uh, golfing grave and back into the uh, top of a major championship leaderboard. We can kick that around, too. It's the Plank Show. Josh and Connor with you on a Friday. Back after this. Hour number one. Happy Friday, everybody. We made it. We are just chugging along. End of the work week with you here. Van Hoos Fence. Van Hoos Fence brings us hour number one of the Plank Show. Number to call, 405-735-1167 or online, vhfence.com. So, uh, Dylan Gabriel, I would not describe as the... uh, I don't think that he's disliked per se by Oklahoma fans, but he's uh, he needs a great season, right, to put himself in that class of quarterbacks at OU where he's remembered fondly. I I, I would describe Dylan Gabriel as teetering, even though he's done all these great things in terms of production. A lot of it, yes, at UCF before Oklahoma, a good chunk of it, but Greg McElroy. ESPN analyst says, you know, as I break down this list of Big 12 quarterbacks, there's somebody I like at numero uno. So there you go. And this is what we've talked a lot about. Production, production, production. A lot of it for Dylan Gabriel and the defense, we know, didn't help Gabriel or the offense out enough. And yet, in a lot of instances, it was complimentary football where all of a sudden the defense is helping you out, and then suddenly Dylan Gabriel and the offense have problems. But this season for Gabriel, even though you've got somebody like McElroy saying, <laughs> hey, this is the this is the best quarterback in the Big 12, I Oklahoma fans are still, I think, in large part sort of I need to see it to believe it with Gabriel. And unfortunately, that win-loss 
gets attached to the quarterback a lot of times. Yeah, you, you could say that he's the best quarterback in the Big 12 right now, and he's still got room to grow. He's still got to be a lot better than he was last year. And accuracy is the big one, Josh. Converting on third downs, keeping drives going. OU had a lot of short drives offensively, and that goes to the quarterback, Dylan Gabriel. So he's got to be better, and I think he knows that. I think he will be for this upcoming season. We'll continue this Dylan Gabriel conversation. It's a massive year for him. I don't want to keep the lawyer waiting, though. The The lawyer is busy. Bama Tom has been kind enough to give us a call on a Friday morning. For hey, Z- hey, guys. Hey, go ahead. Uh, you know, I was thinking about Venables. If his passion is 100% and his football acumen is 100%, I think where he's losing out is in his management and overall – being kind of the medieval castle lord of the program. And I was thinking that Stoops had really, really talented assistants that were so good that within a year or two went and became head coaches. I don't think Brent has that. And then I think uh, uh, Blake left Stoops a lot of good players on hand. Uh, one of my, Besides that, one of my other questions is, do you think if Riley had stayed with Caleb Williams – and had been at OU 10 or 20 years, even with OU going to the SEC, do you think with Saban retiring and Riley's proficiency on offense that OU could have been in the mix for a title in the next 10 to 20 years and that the real Sooner Nation ain't is the loss of that potential that you guys thought you had? For Sooner Nation, I would say no. I mean, Oklahoma fans obviously don't feel that way, but me personally – do I think Lincoln Riley could have won a national championship or national championships at OU? Yes, but was he going to be willing to make the tough choices? Right. E- even right now, disappointing start again for Alex Grinch defensively at USC. When right. is uh, when is he going to be willing to make that tough choice? And right. loyalty with coaches at times can can get you in a world of hurt. So I, I think. I think the possibility, yes, because of the offensive innovation, the play calling, sure, all of that was there, but the the other pieces necessary to get over the top, right. I don't know that I, – I think it's possible for Lincoln Riley, but am I convinced? Was I convinced at OU? No, I, right. no I'm not. Yeah, I wish my dad was around to have his uh, growing up home, Alabama, and then his adopted home, Oklahoma, to see both of them in Norman. That would have been a, a treat. Uh, for he and I to go to, but I'm going to September 2024, uh, even if I have an Irish intuition that OU beats us again, I'm still going to go to the game. And if you guys beat us again, I'm going to stay for the whole game and take my whooping like a man. Cause you know, we Irish aren't happy until we're miserable. So anyway, love you guys. God bless you. Roll tide. I'm out. Bama Tom have a, thank you for the phone call. Have a great weekend. I appreciate that you're willing to, if things hopefully go poorly for you, that you're willing to stick it out. I hope he doesn't go September 24th because it'll actually be on the 23rd. <laughs> Saturday. Saturday the 23rd, not the 24th. <laughs> not the 24th. <laughs> Just okay. assuming they're playing on that week, September 23rd. What do you make about some of the Brent Venables comments right there? Comments, questions from Bama Tom right off the top. The we hear that a lot, right, with head coaches that were, and typically for a head coach, 
Probably you were a great offensive coordinator or a great defensive coordinator, usually, before you're a head coach. And we know Brent Venables came to Oklahoma and at Oklahoma. Came from Clemson to Oklahoma, but at Oklahoma was one of the nation's finest defensive coordinators, a national championship winning defensive coordinator. But it's different, right, when you step into the management CEO type shoes that portion of it how much growth does there need to be the the assistance does Oklahoma have the right assistance in place are those fair questions yeah they are I think he's got the right staff around him and Bama Tom also mentioned that Blake left a lot of talent for Bob and we know this a lot of the roster left with uh, Lincoln Riley so it was a little bit different for Brent Venables and he's he's still got plenty of time Josh to figure this thing out Bill Snyder came from the Hayden Fry coaching tree at Iowa, right? Famed coaching tree. A bunch of, bunch of notable names were on that 85 staff. Bill Snyder had some pretty notable staffs at Kansas State, one of which, well, included Bob Stoops. And one of Bill Snyder's big charges was something he learned from Hayden Fry was hire somebody on your staff that wants to be a head coach and will become a head coach. And when, as the story goes from Bill Snyder, when Bill first heard that, because I think Bill had asked Hayden Fry, hey, how have you been so successful at this? And he said, that's the secret. Getting folks that want to be head coaches as your assistants that turn into head coaches. And the initial response from Bill Snyder was, well, wait a second. I mean, don't you want guys that are going to be in it and stick for the long haul? But to uh, Bama Tom's point right there, does Oklahoma have those staff members on this staff? I was about to ask you the same thing. If they have guys on the staff that could be head coaches, if I had to pick one, maybe Jeff Lebby out of the list of coaches on the staff. He His name gets tossed around quite a bit. What about what about Beedenbow? Yes. Man, you don't see that much. Offensive line coaches become head coaches at the, at the college level. Right. DeMarco Murray? I don't know. That, that, he needs to. He tough. needs to be an offensive coordinator. He does first. that that first, and then make his way up. I don't think he, he couldn't get a head coaching job from the spot that he is right now. But if he worked his way up to an offensive coordinator, then we can start talking. Chavis, Bates, Todd Bates, maybe. Yeah. Todd Bates, maybe. Secondary. I'm, I'm trying to think of it. Yeah, offensive. What about what about what about Valai or Hall? I think Hall, because Hall's been around maybe a little bit longer and he's got more experience at the college level. It's, it's just hard with some of those positions if it's not offensive coordinator or not defensive coordinator. I like OU's staff, though. I think they've got I think they've got a bunch of talented recruiters, and I, I think they've got a good little coaching staff in Norman right now. It's, uh, it's just hard when you're – trying to ask the question okay which one of these guys is gonna be a head coach I know it, it is and and I don't know that there's just this magic recipe to where in order to go win national championships play for and win national championships and consistently conference championships going forward uh well one season here in the Big 12 and then in the SEC I don't know that Oklahoma needs this staff where five of its assistant coaches turn into head football coaches necessarily probably you need one or two though and maybe they have that in, in Lebby, like you said. Yeah, I think they have a great staff. We just got to – man, they, they just need a time. We can't start – we don't want to talk about this after 
after year one. Well, and everybody's stock goes up as soon as it's not six and seven. Uh, it does. It goes it goes up quite a bit. Jeff Levy came to Oklahoma as somebody on everybody's short list for head coaching jobs. Now that as uh, you know, you, as you don't find success collectively, even though Oklahoma Oklahoma offensively was pretty good last season, though key moments, I think it's fair to say, the quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, offensively as a whole, in key spots, Oklahoma didn't deliver on more than one occasion. And that falls back with the quarterback, falls back with the offensive coordinator. And so guess what? As a result of that, the the stock goes down for somebody like Jeff Levy. But here's somebody that's very, very well liked, regarded as a great recruiter, great uh, play caller. If things go the opposite direction this season in a positive way, and Oklahoma rips off double-figure wins and goes and wins a Big 12 championship. I mean, you're talking about somebody that obviously – Then his, his, name, his name's going to be – Right back. Yes, yeah, right back. Right back on uh, coaching short list. Interesting. See if we can hit some text here on the Kenneth Chevrolet text line. Oh, man, from Cruton Therapist. Gabriel <laughs> is close to becoming the associate's degree version of Landry Jones. Let's, let's stay on the clock. Let's take a timeout. <laughs> and Cruton Therapist – I don't need any Landry Jones slander. Well, on it's a good point. It, yeah, it's somewhat. A, that that's sort of what I was trying to get at earlier about why this season is so important for Dylan Gabriel because he's he's right on that cliff. I think with the sooner sooner fandom, the hate like, and, and <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even know if it's I don't even know if it's hate like. I mean, it might just be <laughs> dislike before it's all said yeah. and done if things don't go the way that uh, OU fans are hoping for this season. And that's, hey, that's disappointing, but that's Oklahoma football because of the quarterback position who's been uh, the signal callers around here. Do a break. It's the Plank Show on a Friday. Would love to hear from all of you as well. Riverwind Casino call in line, 405-329-9000. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Text line, it's all yours as well. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. The Dylan Gabriel Conversation 2023. The importance of it for both next right here. It's the Plank Show. And we won't back down until the end of the work week is done. Just like you. Working on through, but you know what? We're we're oh so close. Oh so close to the weekend, everybody. Hour number one of the Plank Show brought to us by Van Hoos Fence. Van Hoos Fence. Check them out online, vhfence.com. Number to call, 405-735-1167. A bunch of good responses out on the text line. Appreciate that this morning. Let's just start rifling through some of these. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. So we got the call from Bama Tom just a moment ago, and basically it was a couple of a couple of comments on Brent Venables. Is, the, is he ready for the CEO-type shoes, and is there still growth there, and, and does he have this staff around him, right? Which, hey, that, that's a big piece of being a head coach is, is getting the staff around you right. Uh, you can be the, the greatest head coach of all time, and if the assistants are just so-so, then – probably you might wind up with so-so results. So, from the 405, uh, <laughs> this I would dis- describe as a strong assistant coach opinion. Ted Roof equals dead weight. You can't just overlook the weakest link on the staff. That That's the name that we saw on the coaching staff coming in that we were a little hesitant about. 
because he's been with so many programs as of late, and he hasn't had some good seasons. If Oklahoma's anywhere close to what they were this past season defensively, Ted Roof will not be back You'll the following be, yes. year. He, he will be the fall guy of it. And here's someone in Ted Roof that comes to Oklahoma, and as he does, it was – as the defense – keep this in mind. As the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma, and it was, ah, yeah, but the head coach, Brent Venables, is calling all the plays. Don't worry about it with Ted Roof. So – and that's, that's all fine, well, and good when things are going good. But if uh, things continue to go poorly, yeah, a change will have to be made. Because he is labeled as the defensive coordinator. That's right. And if linebacker play and the defense as a, as a whole doesn't improve, that will be the name, the first name, outside of the head coach, Brent Venables, that'll be the, that'll be the first name that fans point to. Sooner Gundy, how about Levy's inability to slow the game down when it calls for it? That's been the big complaint with Jeff Lebby, Sooner Gundy, is just the pace of the game. Pace of the game, knowing how – because, I, look, we we all wanted tempo, right? You got tempo. <laughs> Sometimes it didn't go in your favor, but you got tempo. Everybody wanted that a la, a la previous Sooner squads, Sam Bradford, whoever, you name it. Everybody wanted tempo, tempo, tempo. Here we go. Get up and down, snap the football – but they want it with reason. If if you're not able to sustain drives, don't uh, three incomplete passes and yeah. punt right back. On paper, they're a top 15 offense, but you got to be able to keep drives going, and that's what they did not do. This season for Dylan Gabriel, I think, is uh, just gigantic. That's the other piece that we've been talking about. This 2023 season, obviously, big picture for Oklahoma is massive as we start building toward the SEC. Can't lose sight of you know the, the meat of the sandwich. Can't lose sight of the here and the now, which is 2023, as you, you try to gear this thing up to be the type of program that consistently can go in and see that challenge of the SEC schedule that we got unveiled earlier this week and meet said challenge on a regular basis and, and play for championships in that conference. But to get there you got to go through this, the meat of the sandwich, and Oklahoma needs to improve in 2023, and a lot of that, yes, will come back to Dylan Gabriel, who had a, what I would say was a a good first season starting. Not a great, not a great first season starting for Oklahoma, but just statistically, the numbers are solid, 63%, let's round up, completion, though, uh, some some key third down situations. Let's see the accuracy on that. I know fans would quickly point there. 3,168 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, six interceptions. So, by and large, a good job taking care of the football, Connor. Yeah, but we coming in, we just expected a lot more for Dylan Gabriel. When you have a defense like that last year that didn't get off the field a bunch, didn't help you out a bunch, you got to be able to keep drives going. you got to be able to complete balls on third down. That was a big issue for Dylan Gabriel. Missed throws on third down and it ended up being a quick drive. The text we received right before the break, this is, this is exactly what I was getting at. Gabriel is close to becoming the associate's degree version of Landry Jones. And, and I don't even know if he would be regarded like that. In Landry Jones, Connor, were you paying much attention to Oklahoma media and 
like growing up, do, do you remember Landry Jones being the quarterback at OU? I do, yes. The, the media side of things with Landry Jones, I maybe I don't remember. Well, I would say the Landry Jones was not remembered fondly, okay, no. by a, a good portion of the Oklahoma fan base, in part because of what? Do you, do you know who was quarterback before Landry Jones? Sammy B. Sam Bradford. Do you know who's been quarterback before one Dylan Gabriel? Rattler. Well, right. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm going a little bit further back to Baker and Kyler and Jalen. Yeah. I mean, there's been great quarterback play at they, Oklahoma they, they, they expect it to stay that way. Sooner Gundy. Don't even compare Landry and Gabriel. And, and hey, Landry Jones – a ton of yards, production wins, and monster truck guy. Pretty sure Landry was here for eight years. My, my point, Sooner Gundy, is this. Landry Jones did uh, a lot of great things in terms of some incredible wins for Oklahoma in all these passing numbers, and yet was labeled as this quarterback at OU that, that didn't win big games, and the, the era with Landry Jones as quarterback wasn't what Oklahoma fans wanted. So if Dylan Gabriel in Oklahoma – don't dramatically improve in 2023, he will not be, unfortunately, I think, remembered all too fondly by the Sooner fan base. No, and similar to Landry. For right, for right or wrong. Yeah. And similar to Landry in that respect. Right or wrong, because with Landry Jones, look, it was not a – there were plenty of parts of Oklahoma that were not all that great. Landry Jones was leading Oklahoma to uh, shootout wins at times and had to be Superman in order to do so statistically, to get Oklahoma into the win column and yet left Oklahoma sort of not regarded maybe in the light that he should have been. That could be the same story for Dylan Gabriel if 2023 isn't dramatic improvement, Connor. You got some good with Landry Jones and Dylan Gabriel, and you also get some bad. So that's why the comparisons come to those two. Sooner Gundy. Oh, I get that, but the two definitely aren't in the same league. And you know what? Landry Jones was an NFL guy. For set a, records at Oklahoma. Set records and was an NFL guy for a good period of time. So, yeah, it, it, I, I'm just saying sometimes maybe maybe don't totally understand uh, what is currently on campus. And, and the sum of the parts needs to improve for Oklahoma. And but, the, the dro- someone mentioned uh, lots of drops by receivers add to DG completion percentage. There were there were some drops from the receivers, but he still he still got to be better. There were some throws that were just sailed over their heads, and some some of the balls he left low too. He's just got to be more accurate. Let's get to Benny before we to, uh, hop to a break. Uh, quickly get Benny in here. Benny, good morning. Josh, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Got two or three softball questions and a football. Uh, how many can they have on their roster on softball? I think it's twenty. Twenty. I think that's what I heard him say, 19 and 1, so that's 20. I didn't know if they could have more or not. Now, when these girls go play summer ball or travel ball, do they get compensated for that money or anything like that? Run that by me one more time. I'm sorry. If, if, you know, when the girls go play summer ball somewhere, uh, like Louisville Sluggers or play, you know, in the summer leagues, do they get compensated for that? Or do they have those teams anymore? While in school? No, when when they're out of school, when when they're out of school. When, I, when I don't they, know. I, I I don't know, Benny. Okay. Now my other one on that in football, I I see where 
Jordy signed with Nebraska, and she has two years of eligibility. Been here two years. So COVID year ends then, right? Or when will it end? COVID year for who? Well, Jordy Ball signed to go to Lincoln, to Nebraska. She'll have two years of eligibility years. remaining. Okay, no COVID year then, right? That's correct. Two years that, that's correct, year. yeah. Okay, that's so pretty well then that COVID year is going to be over pretty soon. Yeah, we're, we're sneaking okay. up on that to where, yeah, yeah it, it should get back to normal. Okay, to, to football, my friend out west told me that the Boeings are kind of unhappy at OU. Have you heard anything? I guess he read it in a 24-7 or one of their magazines. Who's unhappy? The Bowens over at the defensive backs at OU. I, I don't know about that. I haven't heard. Uh, I haven't heard anything about anything. that. Let's hope uh, not. Because the the other Bowen didn't come in for the uh, the barbecue bash. Interesting. Uh, I would hope that uh, Peyton Bowen is is very happy. Yeah. At Oklahoma yeah. because uh, I think he's got a chance. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a chance to play straight away. I don't know that no. he's going to. Uh, not predicting that he'll he'll yeah. start for Oklahoma, but based on yeah. what we saw in the spring game and the five star status, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he's got a bright bright future at Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, that's what my friend out at Shattuck told me. He read it one of those twenty four seven or you know one of those little publishers that comes out so often that they were unhappy and sound like the younger brother well, didn't come at the barbecue bash. Yeah, and sometimes sometimes the message board community kind of rushes to, to judgment. Yeah, yeah. So you can't treat everything over there as fact. Yeah, the, uh, the last thing is, did, did we get any any recruits out of this barbecue bash? Or, uh, it's a, you know, well, I'm, probably not. I've got a nice list weekend, that we can run right? down. We've got a probably. massive list we'll run down. Uh, start of next hour, all okay. the different visitors uh, that, okay. that we know are going to be there, and probably I'll miss a few too. So the text line can well, help I, me out with that. But, yeah, no, it's a massive visitor list, Benny. I guess that's this weekend. Then. It, I, yeah, it's yeah. coming up this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Okay, that's what I wanted to ask you, my brother. Thank you very much, and you have a good weekend, blessed weekend. Thanks, Benny. You too, buddy. <laughs> the barbecue bash <laughs> the 918 like I love it Benny man you gotta love Benny alright we'll do one uh, final T.O. in hour number one it's the Plank Show Josh and Connor back with you in a moment well Michael Jordan won a bunch of rings obviously with the Bulls it uh, never parlayed itself into uh, winning a bunch of championships as an owner of the Charlotte Hornets the uh, breaking news this morning he has sold his majority stake in the Hornets Let's see here. He he paid two hundred seventy five million for a majority stake in the franchise back in two thousand ten, and the report is that they have uh, sold this for several billion. So, an approximate three billion dollar valuation. So, I'd say that he uh, he didn't win championships, but uh, I think he made some money. Made some money. He, he was there for thirteen years in Charlotte. Wonder what the next step is for MJ. I'm sure he's just gonna lay back and enjoy all the money that he has. Yeah, I I, I don't know. That'll be uh, interesting to on his yacht. Be interesting to see what they do. Jeff uh, on the text line four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. So do these analysts not see that Dylan Gabriel struggles with accuracy on the deep ball and getting rid of the football when pressed in the pocket? I think they do, but they also see that the Big Twelve quarterback plays not very strong for this upcoming year. 
405, huge OU fan. I love Landry Jones. He only set every passing record at Oklahoma at the time his uh, career ended. He catches way too much heat from the Oklahoma fan base. Put Landry on this team, and they are a playoff contender. I don't know, man. Quarterback play is pretty good, man. He was. Quarterback plays a lot different now. Landry Jones was a pocket passer, not a dual thread guy, and the game has changed a lot since then. Son also said he wasn't sexy, but he was a winner. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you need to have a really good offensive line with uh, Landry Jones. Run game, you'd have to lean on that. But hey, you got the backs where maybe you'd be able to do that. That's neither here nor there, though. It's going to be Dylan Gabriel playing quarterback. Hour number two is coming your way next. Who's visiting Oklahoma, the Champ U Barbecue?